0: Canadian Export Challenge and the Startup Canada Awards are coming to a city near you. Entrepreneurs in Vancouver, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Mississauga, Montreal, and Fredericton have the opportunity for a full-day entrepreneurial experience. In the morning and afternoon, attend your one-day global accelerator where you will connect to Canada's entire trade, export, and growth ecosystem. Accepted entrepreneurs have the chance to pitch to win $25,000 in cash and up to an additional $100,000 in in in-kind scaling support. In the evening, celebrate the winners of the 2019 Startup Canada Awards who are driving innovation and growing the economy in your region. Register for the Canadian Export Challenge at StartupCan.ca forward slash CXC and get your tickets to your local award ceremony at StartupAward.ca. I said, sure, let's chat over coffee. With Export Development Canada, risk doesn't stop you. EDC, take on the world.
1: Building your dream, work-life balance, scaling up, discussing the topics that matter most to entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you know, one of the great things I love about interviewing amazing rock star entrepreneurs from across the planet is what we learn from them. And that's why I started Go Forth Garage. Go Forth Garage is all about providing you with the resources, the coaching, the mentorship, the programs to help you in your business just check us out at goforthgarage.com. That's goforthgarage.com. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you know, sometimes you get lucky in life, and other times you get really lucky. And I'm just so happy to have my friend Suzanne Grant on the call with me. We've been colleagues through the Startup Canada journey for a long time. I have been uh, a big fan of her journey as the CEO of Ibonics, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So breaking back into the script, today's guest, Curious and Adventurous Nature, propelled her through... A diverse career of discovery, travel, and pushing the boundaries. I love our script writers. Suzanne Grant is the co-founder and CEO at Ibonics, a health technology company whose project the diamond eye is trying to restore partial vision to the blind through sensory bionics neurological technology and clinical expertise suzanne's mission is to improve the health of hundreds of thousands of people using transformative transmorti- transform- transformative tiny implants let me say that again sip using transformative tiny implants. To date the company has secured four point seven million with an M in funding, won multiple awards, including the what award, Suzanne, from Startup Canada?
2: The Quebec and the National Level Innovation Awards from Startup Canada. It's an honor.
1: Honor. Absolute
2: honor to get that one.
1: Absolutely, and has demonstrated capacity to attract the world's top talent. Suzanne's goal is to blend cutting-edge technology and social change with making the world a better place. She has been frequently described as the person, get this, sit down, who makes things happen, and indeed she does. From Canadian military engineering officer, Suzanne pivoted to entrepreneurship. Suzanne set up a strategic communications agency in Qatar and helped Fortune 500 C-suite executives, launch companies, and develop relationships in emerging markets. She's worked with Serena Williams, Richard Branson's Virgin Health Bank, Accenture, Shell, and Samsung, to name a few. Suzanne has also headed up a media brand and founded Spirit of Empowerment, a project for Arab Women that she pitched and gained gained sponsored from the Queen of Qatar. It's incredible! Why didn't you tell me this earlier? Well, Suzanne? Was, how did you bring it up? I <laughs> know, it was all about me, wasn't it? (laughs) Suzanne was also a recipient of Startup Canada's 2018 Women Founders Fund. On today's podcast, well, what else can we talk about? We're going to talk to Suzanne about the future of business in neurotechnology, her journey as a medical technology company. My great friend, wow, this is so cool, dude. I mean, So funny, you know, we we tried for three days to connect when we were at Startup Canada Day on the Hill. Uh, We ended up in a bar with a bunch of other people, a lot of noise and now I got you captured and we're going to record this conversation. So great to have you on the Startup Canada podcast show.
2: I'm so happy to be here.
1: It's an great. honor. Yeah, well it's uh, it goes both ways. So what's uh what's what's the end of this conversation going to be about? What's the what's the, uh, the what are you hoping that our audience who are around the world uh, are going to take from our conversation today?
2: Well, uh, your audience is mainly entrepreneurs, right?
1: mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
2: Yeah, so I've been an entrepreneur for a very long time, and um, you know, as I've gone through my journey, I've always strived. I'm a challenge junkie, so I've always tra- strived to do something more challenging and 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 more meaningful. And I think when I hit uh, iBonics, I that this is a challenging project. So. I, uh, I met my own goal, personal goal and scores um, but what I what I really like to leave the world with and the entrepreneurs with are, are a couple of things one my mantra is the art of the possible So our job as entrepreneurs is to find a way and how can we make this possible The challenging thing as an entrepreneur of course is that we you know we have this vision we have this vision about how things the world can be different, how we can do things better. And what we run up against is sometimes those parts of the ecosystem or the support network that we need to help us get there, Right. are more in boxes and checking boxes and not used to, used to status quo and used to a person looking like this or that or, or the other thing. So, you know, our, our, our jobs as entrepreneurs, really, we are changing more than technology. We're, 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 doing, we're part of a social paradigm shift to allow people to be more flexible about how the world can unfold ahead of us.
1: Wow. Is that all under your mantra, the art of the possible?
2: No, it's just what I'm thinking right now. <laughs>
1: I'm talking with you. <laughs> well, we always have some incredible conversations, and I know this is going to continue to be one of those. Yeah, I, I was actually uh, I read a a, um, uh, a a blog from a friend of mine, Mary Doyle. Actually, who's the lead of uh, Quinte. And I never know if that's correct pronunciation or uh-huh. not. And uh, she was writing about the privilege that's been given to us in society, and as as an entrepreneurs, uh, being the privilege of making a difference of making an impact of of taking all these great resources we have and uh, and leaving a cool legacy and entrepreneurs in particular really understand that privilege and grab onto it so uh you know i i love that uh, the fact of the paradigm shift because we are definitely uh, not the typical paradigm so talk about the art of the possible because you you mentioned it and it's uh, it's in my notes to talk to you uh, about that today i want to learn more about it
2: yeah so i i've I guess I've always had that mindset. Like uh, things could be different. How how could we make them different? And uh, somebody somebody I, I was actually inspired by a, a lady. Her name is Candace Johnson. Uh, she she launched the first commercial satellite, um, and 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 she and, and she actually was responsible for the for for breaking down the monopolies around the telecom industry, and uh, her attitude really inspires me in that. She looks at what needs to be done, and she gets it done. And and you know my early training was in engineering, and I took on some major projects like the Water and Orphans uh, campaign. And I I always started with what what is the end state? What do I want to accomplish here? And let's reverse engineer it and see how we make it happen. You know not how easy it's gonna it's going to be to make it happen, a why or why not we can't make it happen? But almost everything is possible with time and money. So how do you make things happen that that need to happen, right?
1: Yep. And so, do you? How do you live that every day?
2: Oh, every day I can't say that I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is they're where you kids. make the editing happen, Cyprian. She's a fraud.
2: <laughs> well, you have days. You have days where you know, as an entrepreneur, you have days where you wake up and it's it's hard, and you might. It you is know, hard. But, by mid-afternoon, you might be thinking, how am I going to do it? And, you know, you go to sleep at night, you wake up and it's a new day and, and you refocus and you get your, your eye back on the ball of the art of the possible and how am I going to make this happen as opposed to, you know, you get worn down sometimes with the obstacles that can be in your way. Mm-hmm. So uh, every single day, I don't, I don't live it, but I'd say I'm living it 97% of my days.
1: Oh, that's so cool. And so with iBionics and I want to, we're going to dive into a little bit behind the history of that. How do you, how do you, I mean, you're the CEO, you're the leader. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you, how do you uh, bring that philosophy to the journey you're on? And I, and I, and I know you've had some, some interesting curveballs in your journey with that. So how do you, uh, how do you bring that into the culture of the organization?
2: Ah, culture. That's a wonderful thing. Um, mm. You know, it's the people that make up the culture of the organization. So the number for, for us along our journey, it's, it's really been, uh, you know, we started with, uh, you know, my co-founder, uh, Stephen Prower is, the, is a visionary and the inventor of, of the technology. Uh, so he was working on this for a number of years before I even met him. And so you have a, a you know, a man whose whose life's work essentially is is culminating all of his research into something that can come to market where he can make a difference. And and you know, so you've got somebody who holds on to that is not going to let go of it, uh, as long as it's the right thing to be doing. As long, you know, if we found out tomorrow there's a better way to do it, we'd jump in and, and, and work on that. So so the mission so the mission has attracted the quality people that's required and the culture is also wrapped up in the mission. So one of my first jobs as a CEO, one of my first jobs, uh, Stephen Prower says to me, OK, you need to go and get medical validation uh, from the clinicians. So, uh, you know, so how do you do that? What's the art of the possible? It's it's not really that complicated. You know, Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, bonic vision. And then we find that in Canada, there are two surgeons that have, have done some bonic vision surgery. So made a beeline to Montreal and put, put these two people together. And, you know, we were looking for somebody to say, yeah, we like that. And we actually got another co-founder out of that right out the gate. So, um, having the right people, that goes way beyond um, talent and expertise, and into vision and mission, and and what's in it for them. So, Dr. Flavio Resende, my my uh, retina surgeon co-founder, why is he doing this? He's doing this because he faces people every day with these diseases, and he can't help them. And as a physician, you know, that's. What are you doing if you can't help people? So, so, so this is really powerful to him because he looks right directly into the face of the people that are impacted. One, and two, first generation bionic vision solutions really didn't have nice surgeries. So he's he's an entrepreneur solving his own problem. He doesn't want to do these ugly surgeries. So he's developed the the optimal surgery for bionic vision. So wow, that's just a piece of. That's a bit of flavor, I guess.
1: Yeah. So so how did you two come together?
2: Uh, oh, I stalked him for a little while. Did um, you? Yes. Yes. Wow. yes you know, Entrepreneurship 101. So uh, I did my research on Google and I found two phone numbers. He was involved um, with his hospital and also the University of Montreal. So I talked to his answering machines for a long time. <laughs> and What's when a long I got, time? Uh, a few months. Good for you. And and then when I um, then when I got a hold of his assistant, I just told her that you know Stephen Prower is in Montreal for Melbourne University in, in these next three days. He you know these guys really need to meet, and then it really just went from there. They had a good meeting. Uh, uh, Dr. Resende set up meetings with his whole ophthalmology department at the hospital immediately. Um, we felt we felt some really good enthusiasm for the project. And uh, on our our third, we we got together in an apartment in Montreal and we did a big brainstorming with his uh, surgical uh, community across the continent. Um, And he jumped in and said he wanted to be a bigger part of it uh, on our third meeting. And he said, I I don't know why I trust you. So, Mm. you know, I I think the culture that we have is is, um, unshakable trust.
1: Very cool. So on that note, why, in all seriousness, because I know, of course, you may joke about the answer to this, but why did they choose you as the CEO? Now, I have my own theory as to why they should have, but uh, <laughs> I, in your opinion, why did well, they choose you?
2: You know, the first the 1st co-founders, an engineer, and a scientist were going around <laughs> Quebec and Ontario, and it's a... It's a you know a bit complicated the technology not everybody would get it and um if you're if you're the inventor it's very hard to separate the business and the technology so i think they were really running into nobody knew what they were talking about <laughs> And, and they knew that they needed a, they knew that they needed a CEO and, and they found me, uh, you know, I was mouthing off on LinkedIn about stereotypes and and silos and, uh, on a, on an article and my, um, and and they just, they just saw me and looked at my profile and got in touch with me and, and their words were, you know, we need somebody to market our bonnet eye and uh, we think that you can help us. Now, I didn't think I could, uh, but I had coffee with them anyway. I guess is where it came from, and um, and then then after a couple of weeks, they said, you know, we um, they spent a lot of time with me, and they said we have uh, bigger plans for you. We, we're inviting you in. We'd like to start a company, and we're inviting you in to be the CEO. So, wow. um, do No, they they saw that I could I could take it forward. I, I think they actually appreciated uh, the fact that I had uh, this military experience, which makes me a good executor and leader. Interesting. And Right. And, and also that, you know, I had, um, I, I had an appetite for risk and I had taken on and done some unusual, uh, accomplished some unusual things in the Middle East. So, uh, they, they just thought that, uh, the qual- those qualities, uh, that I, I and also I have a physics degree and, and worked in engineering so I do have a background in technology so I could figure out what they were talking about and turn it into English
1: yeah <laughs> so so tell us about it well first of all what what's your personal interest in this journey
2: uh originally
1: yes no, originally, no. <laughs> uh, I, it's originally, changed since that?
2: I was looking for I was looking for I you know I spent 10 years running my own business in the middle east it was actually the art of business it was actually five businesses in one i did so many things i went into so many c-suites and and helped them with their strategy i i just loved what i did and when i finished that i said okay my next chapter needs to be about something bigger mm. so when i when i did the art of business i noticed the difference and the in, in the passion when we took on that that A spirit of empowerment project, for example, you know, we had, we were, we were at the top of our game. We were, we were the, we could compete with any global uh, strategic communications agency. Our, our uh, bread and butter came from doing world class events that actually helped companies meet their strategic objectives uh, through relationships. Right. Uh, But when I, when we did spirit of empowerment, the enthusiasm and the energy and the self direction. And the self-motivation of the team was off the charts. And I and I really wanted to stick to uh, doing something that mattered. You know, it was great to have a business. I love entrepreneurship, but I wanted to be in the middle of something that made a difference. It was worth my time. And I wanted something challenging that could take me individually, in my own development, to the next level.
1: Very cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. And, and are you achieving that Right now,
2: (laughs) in In faith,
1: and so, uh, what's been the biggest surprise?
2: What's been the biggest surprise? Oh, I think every week I'm surprised. Uh, What's the biggest? The biggest surprise was a is a very beautiful surprise, and that that has been you know early days. It was a bit of a leap of faith, looking at the technology and my taking my physics mind to it, and saying okay. I can see how this can work. Uh, you know, my early learning was, you know, everything that we learn about uh, communications, technology, communications. You know, you apply that to the brain. It's different, but there's some similarities there. Right on. And and the biggest surprise has been over over the last three years. You know, we've managed to go around to experts, competitors, luminaries in visual neuroscience. Uh, people who've, who've been in this space for decades. And, you know, our, our technology actually, it actually, it ticks off every single box. You know, so we, we, we add the technology with this brilliant uh, surgeon. And, and and we've got, you know, we're at the top. We are, if, if you search us anywhere, like we were just uh, featured as a disruptor in retina in CB Insights.
0: Mm. And...
2: And, and and every market report that comes out, we're in the top three, Abonic Vision solutions in the world, and the other two are already on the market. So oh, wow. that that to me is a fantastic accomplishment. Um, uh, yeah, it's amazing. So
1: so, so uh, we we get where you're at right now. Where are you going to be three sixty five days from today?
2: Well, three sixty five days. Hmm. No,
1: sorry, sorry, three sixty three. Days. <laughs>
2: uh, so so uh, in in a year's time, we'll have done some of our uh, safety tests and live environment. We are very close to having validated our predictive model for what kind of vision this can can deliver to people. We will have done our first FDA meeting and uh, we'll have finished up. We've already sent our, our our the Smarts of our implant. It's called an ASIC chip. We've already sent that off to be fabricated and we're testing it. We'll have the final, the final of, of that done and we'll be getting ready for our full um, what's called preclinical, uh, or we'll be, well, we'll actually be by 365 days. We're already in the middle of our, of our preclinical testing and getting ready a year away from, um, testing this out in a volunteer and a human.
1: Wow. So Suzanne, you've raised $4.7 million so far it, as- it, bird- <laughs>
2: In dilutive and non-dilutive funding. So that includes grants. Yes.
1: Okay, cool. So, uh, you know, when our audience listens to that number or any number of fundraising, and if I'm getting into, you know, hey, Rivers, you're pushing the edge with this question, back off. Right. uh, You'll tell me that anyway. So... Uh, you know, seriously, though, for somebody who's an entrepreneur and thinks of that number, in the technology world, uh, in the world that you're into, what are you spending the majority of that money on?
2: Uh, so the, the first, so our strategy was, you know, as a young company in medical technology, uh, we're, we're not necessarily the traditional team that people are used to seeing in medical technology. So our strategy was... Let's dig in and let's demonstrate that we can hit milestones. Great. So that was really the, the the first focus for us, and and what we've done is we've we've invented new technology, we've upgraded the the uh, the, the technology that Stephen had invented, and we've we've added on to that how how emerging new technology uh, can make a difference. So. You know, up up till now, most most of that has gone into um, uh, developing and fine tuning at the brain machine interface, how we communicate directly with the neurons. So, um, in the brain, uh, you know, our our communication happens through synapses of neurons, or little tiny electric pulses. That's the communication code. So our job is to communicate in a way that the neurons at the back of the retina want to receive that code. So technology's been till now what our focus has been on and forward, you know, we have our preclinical testing and regulatory and quality manufacturing processes and and, and much more of an emphasis on um, commercial strategy now forward.
1: So, reason I think that's an important question to be answered because you know when people see this, oh, they they raise so much money, oh, they they're swimming in it. Uh, no, no, it's not the case. We're not, is are we're not
2: swimming at all. Um, so a lot of a lot of the money has been in um, in, in in grants through grants. So we have tremendous, amazing partners uh, that that help us with this. We're not cash. We, we will probably never be cash rich uh, so something in medical technology that is appreciated uh, with investors is capital efficiency so you're always under the gun so you know our series a will be 15 million dollars I'm not buying a Ferrari with my 15 million dollars right. we, we have we have a lot to do with that with that with that money to get us to where we need to go
1: so how do you deal with the, I mean, this is a big play with big needs. How do you deal with the daily stresses associated with that? Oh,
2: good question. Um, I think what helps a lot um, is just having a team who really believes in everybody else in the team. Right. So I think that, that cohesion is really important and their intelligence to get on with it and do what they need to do. And their trust that, you know, when we need to relook at how we're doing things, um, because we're learning all the time, uh, mm-hmm. that they're they're flexible to do that. And also that when we talk to the experts in the field, like when we talk to the Bob Greenbergs who um, – Uh, who, who, who was the first, uh, you know, who led the first generation bonnet vision was a CEO co-founder and, and and formerly uh, chairs just, just finished there. You know, when I talked to a guy like him, like last week in California, and I say to him, this is a great project. And he said, this is the best project. (laughs) You, You know, what you're doing needs to happen. And, and I, and I, and also, you know, I very often get phone calls from blind people who reinforce to me why this is so important that, that, that this can get to market.
1: Wow. You have, you have two kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so what do they think about this world that mom's hanging out in?
2: Well, they're kind of used to it. You know, I, <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've been an entrepreneur since, uh, since 2000. Yes. And, um, so used to it, I'm you know I'm almost always at work. But I, I guess when it comes to family, my approach is as well. If you know if one of my kids wants to sit down and talk to me, or is on the phone, then I'll be there and I'm there and I'm present. Right. Uh, but I, but, but I'm really busy. Uh, I've I've never had them say to me, you know, what you're doing is wrong. And I have, I have had them say things like, do you want, you know, do you want help with the hydro bill mom?
1: (laughs) That is so cute. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I really do love it. What would you, uh, what would you change if anything in the last uh, since the year 2000, so you've been at it for 18 years, not 20, um, and only because you're a great friend of mine that I have to correct you on the air where this is recorded. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure I, I,
2: people will be concerned about that. So yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank.
1: Oh, thank God he brought that up. <laughs> so uh, what, what's one of the what's one of the things you would change? And I'm not referencing it as a regret. I'm just saying what would in retrospect what would you have changed. On your journey.
2: Hmm. Wow, what would I change? oh i've I've oh, I love so much about uh, about what I've done. Um, uh, I think it's I think amazing. I would put it this way. I, I think you know when when we look at when I look at medical technology and um, this particular space that we're in, uh, you know neuromodulation, uh, specifically with applications for the brain, which is a is a, is an area that's going to just blow up, explode. It's it's, it's a really good place to be. And you know, when I started a few years ago, we didn't know that. We didn't know this was going to be really beautifully positioned uh, for for a future beyond uh, Bonick Vision. We know we know that now. What would I do differently? Um, not sure.
1: Can't it's say. A, you know what's? Yeah, it's a lovely answer. It really is because it really says to to me that you're in a very um, – I would say the word comfortable because we just finished talking about not, not, entrepreneurship not being heard. Not comfortable <laughs> at all, no. <laughs> no, but it's, a, but it's a space that you say I'm all right being in this space because we talked about looking back on the path of the journey and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm comfortable where I am right now even though it's challenging and so on. But I really – really wouldn't you know, change anything monumental. Maybe there's some little stuff like taking a vacation or something like that when you should have taken a vacation. But I think that's a very, very powerful, powerful statement that you just made. I'm not sure, and uh, and you don't spend a lot of time thinking about it uh, because you're again uh, happy with where you're at right now. I think that's a, that's a very profound uh, answer actually when you dig into the deeper part of it. So good for you. What's the uh, what's your sense of Startup Canada? Give us. I mean, you really were there uh, in the beginning.
2: Yeah, I, I've I've never left. Uh, started, yeah. started started Canada's my heart. You know, um, yes. I well, I met uh, Victoria and SIP when I just was coming back from my entrepreneurial journey in, in the Middle East, and I was I was um, really I, I saw that you know Canada had a big <laughs> Canadian entrepreneurs had a big focus on 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 the states, and I thought. You know we should be a little bit more a little bit more global and and so I jumped in and and, and did some did some work with them and uh, their their mission is to impact and change and, uh, and 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 have a more thriving culture of entrepreneurship. And I think globally uh, we're we're doing pretty good and I and I and I think they're doing something. To change that, they really have have risen the profile dramatically uh, to, the, yes. to the stakeholders, policymakers, government, uh, young young entrepreneurs, and I I believe that they're in the right space. They're doing what needs to be done, and I and I, and I strongly believe that Canadian the Canadian culture of entrepre- entrepreneurship does need to move because uh, our futures will not be held. Uh, for future generations, you know, our lifestyle, our way of life isn't, we're not going to be able to retain that without individuals stepping up and, and moving, moving the bar. And I do see, I have to say, you know, um, I think we should always stand up as a country and, and look at what's unique and wonderful ab- about us and, and hold on to that when we, when we pull together, what is the culture? Uh, what should it be? What will it become? But at the same time, I do have to say that I, I, I notice remarkable difference, uh, when I talk to investors and ecosystems in the States and, um, I just feel a much higher level of respect for entrepreneurs. Um, and, um, appreciation, you know, you're in, in the States, the entrepreneurs are really the heroes and not that we need to be heroes. Uh, but what young entrepreneurs in Canada need to hear from the ecosystem is maybe, you know, here's how, uh, you could do this better, or here's, you know, what you need to do. And I think sometimes it's just a really negative, um, push back onto entrepreneurs who are trying to move the bar. We just, we don't have that sort of big vision, unfortunately, not, not for everything, but that's just my personal experience. So, um, you know, influencing the culture of entrepreneurship. Yeah. There's a need to do that.
1: And uh, they have definitely raised oh, that voice to a new level.
2: Amazing! They have done remarkable things, and um, and, and Canada is held in really high regard globally for their initiatives yes. in startup, in in, in entrepreneurship. That's a lot to do with Startup Canada. You know, they have put Canada on the map in a lot of circles uh, for yes. entrepreneurship.
1: What, um, is iBionics, uh, your primary focus now or you got a little side gig going on?
2: Oh, no side gig. <laughs> uh, no, it's a hundred percent, uh, you know, my life, uh, occasionally when I travel, I'll take a two hour vacation and visit a park or an art gallery, but, um, it's, it's really full on.
1: Wow. So what's, what's your daily activity look like? for your role
2: i i i get up in the morning
1: oh that's good (laughs) i
2: have a cup of coffee i you know i i'm a i'm a we are we really like good coffee in in my house so we always will grind (laughs) some beans and have a really good cup of coffee and um and i'm i'm right on it depends i'll if if, if i'll be right on the laptop and go or um very often, I'm traveling. I'm traveling to learn. I'm traveling to conferences. I'm I'm traveling to to meet people, uh, to get a better comprehension of of what's happening in our in our industry. Uh, visiting to see a lot of investors. We just finished a round the world trip in um, yeah. in in the early fall. Um, you know, in LA, Melbourne, Sydney, Melbourne, Sydney, uh-huh. Boston, no, Paris, Boston, uh, back to Canada. So. Um, in, in our space, you know, people are all over the, all over the planet, so we have to go to them.
1: You mentioned, um, (laughs) I told you folks, this would be a really cool conversation. You just mentioned some of the things you do as a CEO, I I learn, I network. Uh, you know, I look for investors. It's you know the typical entrepreneurial view of the CEO is not what you said. Uh, it's digging in. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna move the screwdrivers. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pack the boxes. I'm gonna lead the team, and I'm gonna do all the a lot of the in the dirty work mode. Uh, not that it's not dirty work, by the way, what you're doing, but but it's an interesting perspective as what, what you – the responsibilities that you've assumed as the CEO. Can you talk about that, yeah. uh, that the, the, the results or the focus so, for me?
2: So, you know, he, it's a, I love the question because really, you know, what are we talking about here? What is the role of the CEO? So in a medical technology company, what's, what does my talent look like? So who works, works with, 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 with us on the team? So we have visual neuroscientists world leading top of their game visual world scientists we have um established um, up-and-coming rock stars in 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 surgery our, our our retina surgeons i've got biomedical engineers i've got electrical engineers i have a chief operating officer i have i have somebody uh, running an R and D initiative um very busy busy work they all have Big mandates, uh, you know, big things to to solve, to unlock. And my job is to make sure that the company's going in the right direction, that we've got uh, enough advisors to help help us with that, that uh, we plug in outside so that we set the uh-huh. course. and that I need to make sure that all of my team can make informed decisions. So, they, they understand what they need to understand. And, and part of my job early days, and I'm still working on it, is you know, I, I need to make sure that, you know, our business is in language, language to the brain. But m- my daily job when I deal with my team is to make sure that we're all speaking a language that we can understand. So that my, my uh, retina surgeon, and my neurovisual scientists, and my material scientists, and my engineers uh, can all, and and in me coming with my business acumen, that we can actually all stand each other. So that that's a that that was an earlier big piece. You know, you you take something simple like um, a pestle analysis training uh, for for my executive, and you know my surgeon said, Oh, 10 minutes in, that's like, that's really heavy stuff, Suzanne. And it's like, for me, it's like every day. Uh, and same for him, you know, uh, when he had our, when, when he conducted our first brainstorming for, you know, what's the ideal, you know, Bionic vision solution look like, I, I said to him, well, I'm not sure how I'm going to help. And he said, Oh, no, no, you, you need to be there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really, uh, and, and, And for a a company that doesn't have a lot of financing, really, for what we're doing, leadership is is super key. And uh, it goes back to culture. And we, on a quarterly or or maybe three times a year, we get 40 of us into a room, and we go through a four-day program. We eat pizza. We drink wine at night. And we work really hard. And we have a lot of interactive sessions. And we try to pull from one another in insight and also um, take advantage of of somebody having a different perspective for example and we treat everybody on the team like they're on the team so if you're in, if you're on a research team or you're a contractor or you're an employee or you're a co-founder or you're an executive or you're an investor or you're on the board you know everybody right. is part of the team and that is real you have so you have this 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 big audacious goal which is meaningful and purposeful so that's motivating but then everybody under on the team understands what they're doing everybody's role is critical to the fine for us getting it over over the line and that I think is, is really the magic this company is magic. we we invite our friends into those, those clinical and technical summits. And, you know, the comments we get are, wow, you guys should just have, you know, CBC should be doing a documentary on this. It's just like, wow, I've never seen anything like this. It is a magical group of people that work together in really inspiring ways and are, are hitting it out of the park way beyond their collective weights.
1: That
0: is so Fun. cool. I uh,
1: Yeah, it's a, you know, I, I love using analogies to help entrepreneurs understand. And one of the things you just talked about was everybody's part of the team. And I, I like to describe good organizations understanding that we're all spokes on a wheel yeah and you know as a kid it didn't matter what you didn't matter yeah. what spoke broke it they all were important to keep the wheel moving forward and uh, that's a great emphasis that you uh, that you represent there so uh, thank you for that um We've been talking at a pretty high level, uh, given the complexity associated with your business of uh, Mm -hmm. of science, technology and wizardry and all that kind of, you know, the bionic woman. I I know Uh you remember that lady. That was so funny. And and Uh (laughs) so, but let's bring it back to, you know, what's one nugget that. You would uh, you would uh, leave us with in this from this conversation. I know we could go on for hours, um, but um, what's a, a nugget you'd like to leave our, our audience with of, of one thing, something that they should think about when on their journey uh, of being I think an what, entrepreneur?
2: Maybe one of the most valuable things that that I could leave people with through my own experience with Ibonics is, you know, don't go pitch the worlds Find your tribe. The more informed. Armed, and the more intelligent the people you're talking to—I I guess not intelligent, but the, the the more knowledgeable they are about your space—they the, may seem intimidating to you, but these are the people that will get you, and these are the people the people to start relationships with. So, um, you know, we're we're in, in the entrepreneur type. Like, do your deck. Well, life is about way more than the deck, right? So, who are you talking to with the deck? And just like all business right, right. relationships are really important, and you know, are you are you somebody that, that people would want to to work with? So, again, you know, sort of entrepreneurship 101 is um, it's kind of like go and and sing your deck to the world, and maybe you'll hit the lottery. It's sort of a little bit of, of, of what we say to our, our early mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. And, and the deck is just the first conversation. So where are you going to take it from there? And I think another right. thing to take away is this, there's a lot of rejection, and of course. This is par for the course. And the people that are your mm-hmm. harshest critics actually very, very often is where the gold is because – they will tell you everything they see, and mm-hmm. very often there's a little hint in there about, oh, okay, that's where I need to change my communication, or this is where I may be vulnerable. Now, they, not everybody mm. who gives you that kind of advice knows what they're talking about, by the way, so you also need to sort of gauge your advice and say, you know, I... I I'm the decision maker here. What makes (laughs) sense? And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, humility and and I think there's a big uh, piece of being a CEO that's very humbling. And, you know, you need to be able to step back and assess and and say, okay, you know, I'm getting this piece of feedback. Is it this individual's um, assumptions or interpretations or bias? And let me, like, just, uh, just let me run that around and and check it and see if they're right. And I'm meaning in, in the cases where you, you really aren't really not, not believing them. Sometimes it's like, okay, this person just doesn't know what they're talking about or, um, they don't understand early stage, you know, they're more private equity, but you know, I, I think it's, I think it's always good to go back and do an assessment and say, you know, what are you doing right? And, and what, what do you need to sort of move the bar up on?
1: Cool. Well, you mentioned relationships, and you and I have got a great friendship, and I truly treasure it. And I can tell you that whenever I reach out to you, you are also always responsive. So I take that as a great gift, and uh, and thank you for that. Thank you for this conversation. Uh, it's been a very insightful, very deep, uh, and uh, I know there's a lot of learnings that are going to come across across for the audience. You keep ha- you keep happening, my friend. You keep happening. <laughs>
2: Thanks. Thanks so much, uh, Rivers. Uh, you know, my, my brand, uh, in, in the Middle East. So it was a client that actually said to me, uh, Suzanne's the person that makes things happen. And I, I, I took yes. that and I, I made that part of my brand. So my events business was called Cater Happening, or sorry, was called Happening Events. And then I, I started a media, a, a media, um, title brand called Catter Happening. Um, so cool. yeah, that's that's what well, you gotta, that's, what you that's gotta awesome. do.
1: <laughs> and uh you're on you're on LinkedIn if people wanna hang out with you.
2: I I am on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn frequently and that is an amazing source. You'd be surprised how closely people follow uh, what's what's going on on LinkedIn. I love it.
1: leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode.
3: Hi, my name is John Prentice, and I'm the president and CEO of Ample Organics. And today you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast with Rivers Corbett.
1: So, um, when you were uh, sorry, no, I want to just reference this point for a quick sec. When, when you were having going through your journey, and obviously didn't deal with some some major stuff, but what do you say to companies that are at the forefront of really, a, you know, a brand new industry being born? How do you how do you recommend they navigate that journey?
3: Uh, carefully stay legitimate in everything that you're doing (laughs) like that's that's lesson number one because i mean it's uh if you can't be compliant in the way you approach the industry you certainly aren't going to be compliant when you're operating in it and we all know it so um it's it's really important that you go through the right channels and follow the rules uh beyond that i mean it's it's a very small industry it's still i mean we have hundred and thirty five-ish licenses uh, issued across the country today, uh, not counting retailers, just looking at the licensed producers. Uh, I think there's less than 20 retail stores um, open today. Uh, So, so I mean, it's still pretty small. We all know each other. So that's the other thing. Your reputation is going to be very important. How you interact with your Mm -hmm. industry colleagues uh, is going to be very important. Um, And, you know, there's a lot more to learn than what people think. Uh, We see a lot of people kind of, you know, up they've been baking brownies at home and they think they know how to make edibles and it's like that's (laughs) great Uh, you know how to make brownies Uh, making an industrial scale and actually ensuring homogeneity of the you know active ingredients within that brownie and all of the quality standards and everything else that goes along with that uh, is a lot more complicated than just working in your home kitchen
1: Yeah, so do you find yourself uh, in your role as uh, one of the leaders of your company uh, doing a lot of education in addition to developing relationships?
3: A hundred percent. We have a a full education department here at Ample. So we use it both internally and externally uh, with partners and customers and employees.